Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast, where we discuss the myths, misconceptions, and most asked questions about sex trafficking. Uh, I'm Adam, and today I'm joined by Micah Gamboa, Elijah Rising's executive director. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, And over the next few episodes of the podcast, we're going to be exploring specifically the connections between sex trafficking and pornography, the porn industry. So on today's episode, we're specifically asking the question, how does pornography relate to sex trafficking? And so Micah, I think uh, maybe the best way to start this podcast uh, is this, this, this being the first episode of our new podcast. And this episode in particular is, let's just talk about what sex trafficking is briefly. So how do we define sex trafficking? So the official definition basically says that anytime someone forces, defrauds, coerces somebody else into a commercial sex act, obviously where they're getting something of monetary value or value in return, that is trafficking. Right. Um, If somebody is a minor, if somebody's being trafficked and they're a minor, you don't have to prove any of that. So that's great. Um, But I think it's a little, if you simplify it a little bit further, it's basically the exploitation of vulnerability. Right. So anytime somebody else is profiting off of this commercial sexualization of somebody else, um, that is essentially trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. And that vulnerability can be so many things, right? Economic, it could be uh, age. Yes. Right? Yeah. So um, again, specifically what we're talking about today is the connection between the porn industry and sex trafficking. And so, you know, one of the big myths and misconceptions that's out there about pornography is that the images that are out there, the videos, the pornographic videos that are out there, what is seen in those videos is two consenting adults that are mm. choosing to to do that mm-hmm. and and enjoying it. Right. Um, so is that true? Based on research and based on our own experiences, that is by and large not true. Yeah. I mean, of course it happens, but we have heard and seen and know of so many stories, both men, women, and minors, where they were forced, they were mm. defrauded, or they were coerced into making pornography. And, and then couple that with um, 49% or more of mm. people in sex trafficking situations had pornography made of them during the time of their exploitation by their pimps, right. by their traffickers. Right. So no, it's, it is not industry standard for it to, to say, okay, we mm-hmm. know that every, every person that we're watching on film is, is going to be consensual or even of age. Right. Yeah. Because I guess if you're sitting there and consuming that content, you actually don't know the situation of the people that's there. So you don't know if it's yeah. just filmed rape. Right. And I guess we don't know, yeah, you said it, I guess we don't actually know how old the people are either. Yeah, unfortunately, because of the way that pornography has shifted to Mm. kind of uh, prefer younger and younger people in the films. What do you mean by that? It's shifted to prefer that. What what do you mean? Uh, So whenever you look, if you do like a little bit of research on what are the top 10, what are the top 50 like titles of films that are out there? Um, you'll see a massive amount of them talk about teens, virgins, first mm. time children, even daddy, daughter, stuff like that. And it's a little bit jarring for people yeah. who don't know that, but that is a huge push of the pornography industry. It's really shifting in that direction. So you're seeing girls, boys that look younger and younger and younger, not to mention that we know 
of, of, of documented cases um, that mm. uh, of actual minors who are being sold as adults in yeah. pornography films. Is there a specific instance that you can think of right now that's... Yeah, in fact, there's a really um, public case right now where there's a 15-year-old girl who was violated, mm. raped, abused, and all of those, those instances of her abuse were filmed, and then they were put on a site called Pornhub. Pornhub is like this megalith of the porn industry, and it is so many people use it. Yeah. Um, the problem with that, <laughs> obviously she's a minor. Many, That's many one. problems. Many problems. Yes, yeah, one of the problems. Um, yeah, one sure. of the problems is that um, she was actually, Pornhub had actually verified her as as like a user, right? Yeah, so she right, had right. this um, A-OK checkmark by her profile. She yeah. was kind of, in a sense, like, Endorsed. Endorsing, yeah, kind of saying like, oh, this is legitimate, legitimizing yeah, right. this this video. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, none of that is accurate. Yeah. And so you really don't know those types of situations. And that's just one case. We know of so, so many. Yeah. Another one of the misconceptions, I think, around this issue is, uh, you know, even if you agree that pornography is bad, sex trafficking is bad, uh, there is a misconception out there that these two things are separate, mm -hmm. uh, that this is an issue and this is an issue. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lack of awareness that these two things actually are related. So, so help us understand a little bit more about the actual connection, the mm -hmm. real relationship between pornography and sex trafficking. Yeah. I'm going to give you a little a quick example of a business that was in the commercial sex industry. Yeah. And this was a business that was located in Las Vegas. So part of Las Vegas, uh, prostitution is actually legal, right? right? Um, but they were pimping out people. So for prostitution, um, they were trafficking individuals for forced fraud and coercion, right? And they were also doing pornography. They were also making pornography. Same individuals, same victims. Same business. Same business. Yeah. So that's just one example. Um, there's this great quote by Dr. Melissa Farley mm. who talks about, look, um, pornography and prostitution, they're the same thing. Yeah. Um, uh, pornography is simply prostitution with a camera on. There's no difference. And so if, if you whittle that down even further, we know that by a vast, vast majority of, of individuals in uh, prostitution are actually being forced, fraud, and coerced. You right. know? So that's a trafficking situation. Right. So trafficking is prostitution. Prostitution, uh, a pornography is prostitution. Right. So it's all so inextricably linked. And then when you zoom out even further, you see that the same harms are done, the same violence against women, the same misogyny, the same racism yeah. is done in all of these different sectors of the sex industry. Yeah. And the harm is so it is it's palpable it's tangible we've seen that whenever somebody is in you know the trauma that comes out of a trafficking situation right. is x but then whenever you couple that with pornography being made of that individual during their exploitation it's x y and z it's mm -hmm. exponentially higher um when pornography is made during their the trauma actually increases and it does it becomes even more complex complex ptsd yeah, yeah. and so these pimps are so they're smart they are good at their jobs they are good right. at the game like they are going to capitalize on that opportunity they have an individual they're going to sell that person as many times as they can but right. also why not monetize that exploitation that in, that experience yeah. if you can multiply it by making pornography and you can put it out on the web then you can 
as cash flow. Right. 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 Yeah. Almost a passive cash flow. Absolutely. At that point. Yeah. And I, I mean, and if, if sex trafficking, if prostitution is the commodification, the sell of human bodies, yeah. isn't that exactly what pornography is? Yeah, it's absolutely. the commodification, the objectification of, of human beings mm-hmm. for, uh, for financial gain, absolutely. Yeah. And which that would make them the same. So, so would you say that the conversation about ending sex trafficking must include a conversation about ending pornography? Absolutely. Yeah. You cannot separate. You cannot separate and differentiate those two fields, those mm. two industries. They are so inextricably linked yeah. and symbiotic. Like there is not a separation. You, you can't, it's not a clean yeah. cut, right? Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention. It's the it's the same victims, hmm. it's the same perpetrators, yeah, right. and it's the same buyers. And so, yes, we need to talk about what are we doing for the people who've survived this type of horrendous abuse, but also it begs the question, what are we doing about demand? Yeah, that's, that's right. another quite that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, as I mentioned uh, at the top of the podcast, uh, we're going to keep this conversation going over a, a series, and there'll be other episodes about this. But uh, thanks to Micah for joining us today. And after uh, a brief break, uh, I'll be joined. We'll continue the conversation, and I'll be joined by Brittany Throckmorton, the um, program administrator for the Elijah Rising Restoration Campus. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying today's episode of the Elijah Rising podcast. Right now I'm standing in the Elijah Rising store that sells goods that empower survivors of sex trafficking. All the items in the shop, the purchases support the employment as well as the restoration of women that are in our program. So please come visit us at 11th and Studewood or online at shop.elijahrising.org. And today on your first purchase, we're going to offer you $10 off if you shop online using code podcast. Welcome back to the Elijah Rising podcast. Uh, again, I'm Adam and I'm now joined by Brittany Throckmorton, uh, the program administrator for the Elijah Rising Restoration Campus. And Brittany, you spent five years teaching sexual education in the public school system. And now you are working, uh, directly working with women who've survived sex trafficking. And uh, we appreciate your work. Thank you so much. Thank you. And so, um, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Um, so I want to ask a question. We're continuing the conversation about the connection between sex trafficking and pornography. Uh, and with your background in sexual education, um, the question I want to ask you is, why is education about sexuality and pornography important to this conversation that relates to sex trafficking? Well, first of all, to make this a little bit easier for any of those joining us, I want to kind of define education. A lot of times we think of education as a teacher going up in front of a classroom, and yes, my role did involve that, but education for the purpose of this discussion, I want that to be more of a you know, simple one-on-one conversation. It's sitting down, having that vulnerable moment, being able and willing to say, hey, this is what we're going to discuss, this is what needs to happen, and do you have any questions? Um, basically where we see that coming into the roles of pornography, sexuality, and eventually trafficking and sexual exploitation is just a willingness to educate on these things. What we're finding is this ultimate paradox of there's this mystery of what is sexuality, what is sex, Hmm. a curiosity about it, but yet we are seeing sex everywhere. It's on billboards, it's on TV, and so... We're leaving our youth really to navigate these halls that we are the architects of, and they're trying to navigate who they are and what this means, what's healthy, what's good, what should I be expecting. Yeah. 
but they're trying to navigate it in ignorance because we're not talking about these things, which yeah, is difficult. A, with a pornified culture that is constantly creating a narrative for them. Correct. Right, yeah, yeah. And so that's where education, and the way that we've defined it here on the podcast, um, is so, it's so critical, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so what has that looked like? And what has um, what is that, have you seen a positive effect from that type of education, that type of conversation? Um, and without it, what are the negative outcomes? Yeah, so the positives that I've definitely seen are, you know, for me, I specialized in working with young people, so that's usually junior high, high school students, and seeing the positive of them being able to come up to educators after class and being able to talk about things that maybe they've experienced already at that age yeah. is kind of a starting point, but also being able to go home to any family members that they may have mm-hmm. and being able to ask questions in a vulnerable open sense to say, hey, I'm not comfortable or I'm a little confused by this. How do I protect myself? And we go over things like boundaries and consent. This is how I ask people to better respect me. This is how people can say yes or no if they're comfortable with things. And so I think that's definitely a positive. Not only does it promote healthy relationships within family systems, but also just overall with respecting one's own boundaries and their own sexuality in a healthy manner. Right. Well, and also that definition of what consent is, which is so critical to this conversation. Um, So what about the negative? So like, what if we, what if we ignore this conversation? What if we're too afraid of the word sex we're too afraid of the word pornography mm-hmm. and we ignore this conversation altogether and the education doesn't occur. What do, what do we see? What's the outcome there? Well, I think as a society, when we choose ignorance for the sake of convenience, what we are basically mm-hmm. essentially doing is promoting pornography and therefore promoting trafficking. And there's no other way around it. And I know to a lot of people that can sound very harsh, um, but what that looks like is whenever our young people or people of any age, whenever they're curious about these things, they're going to find it somewhere. They're going to find answers. And those might not always be the answers that are the most healthy or yeah. the ones that we're wanting them to find. Right. And the negative outpact, impact of that, sorry, is that they're finding themselves involved in pornography. And what may start off as something yeah. as small as just seeing it on the internet turns into an addiction and turns into fueling the trafficking industry. Yeah. Yeah, so which kind of segues us into a conversation about um, about grooming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so many of those who are being exploited and who are being victimized by sex trafficking uh, really enter that life through a grooming process, uh, which we'll talk more about on other podcasts. That's a much larger conversation on how that works. But specifically, how would you say pornography is used in that grooming process of sex trafficking victims? Well, in that case, usually what grooming looks like, and like you said, we're not going to go super in-depth quite yet, but what that looks like is the grooming of victims, whether male, female, no matter what age, to become sexually exploited. And what we're seeing, particularly in the case of my experience, is they're getting in contact with young women, Mm -hmm. usually late teens, not quite adults yet, but they're getting them involved with these things. So then they are becoming adults and then they are getting sexually exploited. But at the same time, because of that innate curiosity that humans have when they're seeking out these answers and turning to porn to find them and thus, you know, trafficking scenarios is we are not only grooming men or women to be victims, we are grooming men or women to become perpetrators Mm. as well. Because we're seeing instances like Micah mentioned before where 
these categories or topics, kinds of porn that involve daddy-daughter or rape scenarios, anything that's extremely unhealthy like that, are going to be normalized and therefore incorporated into one's own sex life, whatever that may look like. Yeah, so it's really about um, the desensitization to not just sexual encounters in general, but really like violent Mm-hmm. sex, uh, violence in general, sexual exploitation. Um, yeah. And, and even familial trafficking scenarios and things like that. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what else, what else would you say about this topic between sex trafficking and pornography and how they're related from your own experience, from working in the field directly with women who've survived? Is there any other thoughts you've got for us today? Ultimately, it just, as much as I hate to bring it back home to this in a sense from all of my experience over the years, first as an educator and now working one-on-one with these women who are survivors, it comes back down to education or in this case, conversation. Whenever we neglect those conversations, we are leaving people to navigate this really messy realm of our world on their own, which I couldn't navigate it on my own. So I don't know how they are, which just leads us back to, are we talking about what boundaries are? Are we talking about consent? Are we explaining what the grooming process is and being willing to open up our own minds to the fact that I might not be comfortable talking about this, but that doesn't mean that it's not important. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your uh, thoughts and your experience with us today. Thanks for joining us today. But before you go, we have an action item for you. If you want to respond to this issue, if you want to take a a next step in responding to what we've talked about today. Our friends at Exodus Cry have launched a petition to shut down Pornhub and hold its executives accountable for aiding in trafficking. So you can go to traffickinghub.com and there's a petition there that you can sign to do just that. And we'll put the link uh, in in the episode details uh, wherever you're uh, listening to this podcast uh, so that you can take that step. And as well, you can always get more involved with our work at Elijah Rising. You can visit our website at ElijahRising.org. You can follow us on Instagram at Elijah Rising uh, and other social media platforms. We're on most of them. Uh, And you can shop our store, shop.ElijahRising.org. As well, we would love for you to join us on YouTube where you can subscribe to this podcast. Every episode of the podcast will have a video uh, that you can watch of the podcast at YouTube. So subscribe, like, invite your friends, rate, do all the things, support the work of Elijah Rising, uh, and support the work of ending sex trafficking. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in two weeks on the next installment of this conversation about pornography and sex trafficking.